Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the banana yellow game pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the N64 expansion pack. The Donkey Kong 64 bundle. It's more fun than a bunch of baboons with a bundle of bananas. World. We won't go in one direction or see where we can set. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. Change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hello and welcome to the Ferret 64 podcast with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. How is everyone doing today? I hope you all had a great week, or if you're listening to this at the beginning of your week, I hope you have a good week. Uh, I just hope you have a good day, ain't that right? Um, I, uh, I've been having a weird week, uh, my, my gaming chair has broken, I cannot get it to stay in the up position, I, yeah, so right now I am, I feel like a small, I feel like a big kid, I feel like, I feel like a, an adult in a kid chair, because my knees are above my waist as I sit in this chair, it's very uncomfortable. So that's supposed to, I mean, my new chair is supposed to arrive somewhere in the first week of May, hopefully, maybe. And also, I'm not going to be talking about Returnal today because it did not show up on my doorstep. So I'm still waiting for that to be delivered from Amazon. F in chat. I'm excited. Um, but unfortunately, I can't even install it yet. I got to wait. I gotta wait uh, until they deliver it, and then I can install it. Supposedly, there's a 10 gigabyte update that you have to install day one two. So I guess I, pro- I mean, I probably won't be playing it until like Sunday. So <sighs> sucks. Saturday I'll be busy pretty much all day, not only with the streaming but other family stuff. And even even Sunday, I'm doing something. I'm I'm helping my dad with something. So, I mean, it might be a few days before I can even get to it, especially if it has a long load time. But uh, eh. I'll get to it eventually. I'm excited to play it though, so it's not like I'm not. You know, I'm just uh, you know, I wish that I was here on my doorstep so I could start the installation. That's all. Maybe I could play some tonight if it gets here. Amazon's usually pretty good with this stuff. Uh, usually the games are like on my doorstep before I get home from work, so it's 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 not normal, that's for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some games that I did play this past week. Uh, the first one we we finally um, quote unquote finished Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I didn't actually finish it. I just watched the ending on YouTube. To be fair. To be very fair, 30 plus hours poured into that game. We got to the ending fight with Sephiroth. We got to the part of the fight where Tifa joins in, right? So that's that's almost to the ending right there. And I died. You know, just because bullshit happened, you know? Sephiroth has this stupid attack that 
causes you to be locked in the place. And I had this whole plan to, 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 to use like a barrier and, you know, hopefully that will negate the, the, the paralysis thing. And, um, I never got around to doing that because when I loaded the, on that stream that I got to the Sephiroth fight, it was very late. I was streaming for an extra hour that day. And usually I stop around six ish and I eat and I was like starving and I was just annoyed with the game, and I was like, you know what? We'll get back to this fight on set on Thursday. Thursday, the same day as the state of play. And Thursday comes around. I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm hyping myself up. I'm like, we gotta do this in an hour. We're, we can do this in an hour. I was saying to myself, we can we can beat Sephiroth and finish the game, and I can put it on my my finished games list, and you know, blah blah blah. And I loaded up the game, and it and it the, the last checkpoint, the last autosave for the game, was this was before the section before the Sephiroth fight. So Sephiroth is like its own boss battle, and then there's another like series of boss battles you do with these like wraith th things, and there's like this giant dude in the middle who has like orbs and stuff, and he only gets damaged when you f kill or you you stagger one of the wraiths. And it started to be before that section, before you even walk into that dimensional portal or whatever it is. And I was starting to do it, and I was like, I was getting through it, and I was like, real, I was annoyed, but I was gonna, I was gonna give my best foot forward. And the first time that we did these wraith fights, I got through them without dying, and I was, I, I got through them comfortably. This time around, I, I died when they did their like combined form and i think even after that there's a few more forms you have to fight after that anyway and that just i mean dying and then having you would have to go back all the way to the beginning before you go into the dimensional portal again and once i got there once i got back there because i had the reload checkpoint i was just kind of i was just kind of done i was just really fed up with the whole entire experience as a whole and um, I I posted on Twitter, but I mean I pretty much just announced like, hey, I, I I put my best foot forward getting trying to get through this game. There are plenty of points in Final Fantasy VII Remake that I would have stopped playing if I wasn't streaming it. Right? There's several boss fights in there that are just annoying. There's several chapters in there that just are bloated, and the side missions are just boring, monotonous pickup quests. You know. Sure, there was some fun stuff in there, which is why I don't put it. I don't put it into the F tier, because there are some fun things in there. There's a few chapters in there that I really enjoyed. They had great enemy interactions and boss fights. There were a few mini games in there that I enjoyed, like the squatting mini game. I think there was a pool up mini game. Um, there was one where it was like a rhythm game in there, and I was like, yeah, you know, it, it's not bad. This chapter or this part. But then the rest of the game is just like. You're following Jessie around, and she invites you to get pizza, and you go to her mom's house, and it's like, she's talking about Broadway, and it's like, okay, and then after that, you don't see her again until she dies. <laughs> I also, like, I, I don't know if it's, like, a trope of, of these types of games, but, I mean, every single, like, woman that you meet is, like, fawning over Cloud. And once they added an Aerith into the mix there, it just got a little bit too ridiculous for me. And I kind of started, I stopped being invested in these characters' motives because, like, it was just like, now you have three women that you're kind of, like, juggling between. And then they, they cut Jesse out for, like, the entire game, right? 
and then you know you're you're with Aerith for like a chapter or two, and then finally you you team back up with Tifa and Barrett. But it's just you know it's hard to pinpoint exactly what I truly dislike about this game. Could it be that the game just kind of was was? I mean, it was, it, it was kind of boring, you know. I, I it's not that I didn't like the combat though. It's just it's weird because I I, I genuinely dislike the game but it's hard for me to and like talk about what i don't like about it you know it was it was it just felt like the game could have been 10 hours shorter or five chapters shorter and i probably would have enjoyed it a lot more um i i don't like that the characters the ai controlled characters don't use their moves or anything without your input I don't like that when you uh, swap over to them, it doubles the ATB that you get. So, like, if the characters just kind of mind their own business with an AI controlling them, they literally don't even, like, gain ATB half as fast as when you're controlling them. And I know that, that that's, like, a gameplay mechanic to make to get you the switch between characters. But, you know, sometimes you just want to be Barret and you, and you want to shoot long range. And you're trying to, you know, dodge and weave and block these enemies and you need a heal. And... You know, Aerith is close to being down without any ATB. It's like, well, what the hell? There's some pretty massive difficult spikes in the game. Along with just these elongated, like, I felt like some of these chapters are going on for like five hours at times. Because you just, you're just going through like the same hallways. Like, there was a part towards the end of the game where... You know, you're, 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 you're doing this, like, it's, is it called, like, the egg pods or whatever? And, like, the hallways look the same, the areas look the same, you're fighting the same enemies. Like, they're not even that tough of enemies, so it's like, am I, like, grinding for XP? Are you supposed to grind for XP here? Are you, like, what are you supposed to do, you know? And like I said before, a lot of the side quests, they were, um, they were just... Uh, just annoying, you know, go and go to here and pick this up and come back or find, find the cats hidden around the city or, you know, find the kids who have swords on their backs. Cause you know, they're, they're off doing things and we want them back at school. And the quests that are the most annoying are the ones that aren't marked on your map. So there were, so the last, the last batch of side quests you do, like literally, Oh my god. None of them. Exactly zero fucking quests were marked on the map. You would find the person who gave you the quest, and then they'd be like, find the children, or find the chocobos, or, you know, whatever. And the chocobos were on the map, so that's a bad um, thing. But the rest of the things weren't marked on the map. So I would, you would have to, like... If you didn't use a guide, you would be running around for ages looking for this shit, you know? I don't know, it was, just, it was a very annoying experience. I raged. I quit. I rage quit. Um, this time around, I didn't, I didn't exactly rage quit. I more of, I more of, um, quit disappointedly. Because I really wanted to finish the game. Because I've never finished a JRPG... In my life. Not even when I was a kid when I didn't know the difference between genres, right? 
I've never finished a JRPG because just like any other JRPG that I've played, whether it be Oni Shambra or um, you know Final Fantasy VII Remake or um, I've pl- I played uh, uh, there was another one that I played as well. It's not the style of the game that I don't like. It's not like the turn. It's not like turn-based strategy or you know button mashing action that turns me off. It's just the overall vibe of the games are not something that I like. And Final Fantasy VII Remake is no exception. Um, I tried. I really, really tried. Like this is the thing. Like how many? I have never. I like Onichambra. I played like an hour of the game. Said this isn't. This ain't for me. The other game I don't remember the name of right now. Same thing. I played like an hour or two of the game. Said I'd come back to it later. Never got back to it. Final Fantasy VII, I played 32 hours of this game. Maybe more like 33 hours, just to round it up a little bit. And I felt, I, I just, I, like, that's the farthest I've gone in any JRPG ever. Final Fantasy XV is the other one that I was thinking of. Um, I, it's the farthest I've ever gone in a JRPG. It's the far, like, I, I was this close to finishing it. And if, if the game was designed a little bit better, maybe I would have gotten through it. And, of course, I did not. It's, it's unfortunate, you know? I just, I feel like I've, I have I wasted 32 hours of my time playing through this game that I just was not having fun with. Every time the game would start to become, like, I would start to be like, oh, you know, you know, maybe it's not as bad, you know, it's starting to get a little bit better. As soon as that chapter ended, boom, right back to slow, lots of dialogue, Lots of slow walking around in a building, uninteresting events happening. And that's just my opinion, obviously. Uh, Other people have had other experiences with it, of course. And, you know, I do regret saying something on Twitter because I knew, like, the first fucking reply I would get would be like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, it wasn't like that, but it was still like, oh, I've never heard anyone say that it was lower than just good or great. (laughs) You know? It's like, well... I gave it one star. Yeah, I gave it a, I gave it a Diaz and dog tier. I mean, what? <laughs> and then I had someone like two people arguing back and forth. They're like, well, you know, the PS5 version is only free if you update with PlayStation Plus, and the DLC is add-on, and blah 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 blah. It's like, look, guys, I'm not gonna buy the DLC. I'm not gonna get the upgrade for the PS5. I'm done with the game. You don't need to be talking about this on my own Twitter feed. It's just, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I'll ever actually finish the game. I I still have it technically I still have it installed on my PS4, but once a game like I still play on my PS4 pretty regularly, almost almost more regularly than the PS5 at this point. So I I'm sure that I will delete it to make space for something in the near future. Um I'm just I'm just, I'm just fed up with this world. I'm just fed up with it. I'm, I'm fed up with people telling me that JRPGs are great, and I'm fed up with people saying that this game should have been Game of the Year. I'm like, oh, great, you know, it's 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 great that you have such a passion for these games, but it's just not for me. And stop trying to force me to like these games. Even during the stream, there was there was people there going, oh well, you know, this game isn't actually really that good. You know, if you want to, if you want a good JRPG, look up this game or look up this game. It's like, guys, <laughs> it's it, it it's just a strange it's a strange occurrence. You know, whenever you don't like something, there's always someone there who goes, "Well, this is technically not that great of a game." You know, actually, this game is not good. The the game you want to play is Final Fantasy VIII. 
right? Because apparently a game in the same genre, different kind of like action to it, of course, but in the same genre, same writing, same writing style, same blah, 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 blah. Apparently, apparently that is going to be the game that makes me a JRPG guy, right? Because after playing 30 hours of Final Fantasy VII Remake, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right on Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> it, it just boggles my mind. It's it's the same thing with any other like video game. You know, it's like I, I was I was joking on Twitter. I was like, oh well, you know, technically the game doesn't start to get good until chapter fifteen. And it's like, well, I've wasted twenty hours playing through chapter one through fifteen. Now it's gonna start to be good, and it didn't even start to be good. It's like, maybe if I have to wait until a certain point in the game for it to be good, maybe it's not all that great to begin with. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell these people. I mean, I'll just nod and move along, but... You know, you hear it all the time where it's like, oh, if you're going through a... Tr- like, let's let's say I'm going through a trilogy of games, and, um, you know, there's there's people who are like, oh, yeah, this is the great... This is the best trilogy, best trilogy ever. And then, and then you're like, well, I'm not really enjoying, you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, let's say. And, and the same pe- people will come and be like, oh, well, this is the this is the bad one of the trilogy. It's like, well, if, if there's a bad game in the trilogy, then technically the trilogy is not the greatest of all time. Am I wrong? <laughs> there are very few trilogies that I would say are, like, the greatest, you know, really good trilogies. Mass Effect being one of them. But, um... Yeah, it's just... It's, it's... Yeah, I'm just... I'm just kind of ranting at... Ranting at this point. So, let's go ahead and move on to... Another game, um, Outriders. I finally beat Outriders. I don't know if I mentioned this last week. Um, I finally beat it. Uh, it's still installed on my computer, so I'm gonna try and do some of like the after after the game content. Honestly, I actually did enjoy the story aspect of it. I just thought the combat and the enemies and stuff. It was all just very, very. Um, it's just one tone, you know. Like, the, the enemies from the start of the game are practically the enemies at the end of the game, right? Even though the factions change, and even though they get a little bit more bells and whistles here or there, essentially you have the same enemy. So, let's take the first faction, for example. Besides from the cremator guy, every other enemy type in that faction is the same as the ending faction. So you have the guy with the assault rifle, you have the guy who charges at you with a, with a shotgun, you have the guys who have, you know, swords and melee abilities and they charge right at you. You have the snipers, you have the captains, you know, and then when you get to the ending faction, same thing. I mean, the assault rifle guys, they just shoot a little bit harder. (laughs) The shotgun guys, oh, they can activate a shield. The guys who charge right at you, oh, they have a little bit more hit points, you know. The captains, yeah, they have a few different abilities. The snipers, yep, they can use like like an anomaly power, but other than that, they're just snipers. Can you tell I'm disappointed with the game? I mean, literally, like, even the uh, animal factions in the game, the animal faction in the game, is literally the same... It's the same enemies throughout the entire game. There's no there's no different enemies or, you know, animals throughout the game for these different factions. Actually, you know, they, they do add... They do add a new faction. Uh, it's like some new ones sprinkled in there. That That's true. But there's always the little shit guys. There's always the flying dudes. There's always the apex predator, and then there's also some mothers sprinkled in there. And then once you get farther in the game, they add a few more big boys and the dog type things. So I guess they do change a little bit on that aspect. But the, I think the, the main like shooting enemies, the enemies that you're gonna fight the most in the game, not enough variety. Um, 
I, I, I thought, I, I honestly thought that I was going to lose my mind, <laughs> like, going through the game, because it was just, it was just such a, oh, it was just such a monotonous, kind of, one-toned type game to play through. And the other thing that kind of really ticks me off is the fact that once you reach, like, level 20 or whatever, they stop giving you points to spend on your character. So... It's like, what's the point of continuing on the game? Yeah, you're going to get better and better gear, kind of like Destiny. But it's like, after like after a certain... like I still have plenty of things that I want to get on the, the character building aspect. But no, they, 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 they cut your balls off right there. And it's like, come on. If you're gonna if you're gonna make this game be a forever type game, you know I like to call them forever type games, but they're looter shooters. Can you at least give us like uh, like a continuing like every five levels you get a, a a level up point for your character? Oh no 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 no! The only thing that will keep leveling up past the character level is the world tier, which is just how difficult the game is technically. I got the world tier eleven, um, just by ba- playing the basic campaign. Um, you know it, you know. I don't know. It's, uh... I, I don't know if I can recommend Outriders. That's the thing. Like, I like the story, but other than that, it's like... Well, what, what what did I really like about it? I didn't like the boss fights. I didn't like the enemies. The powers were kind of cool, but they kind of, like... Literally, after all was said and done, the only power from my original Pyro character that I swapped out from the original three that you can get... Is the one that like you la- you know you can like put a grenade in a guy and if you kill him he explodes. I, I changed that out for the fire bullets. <laughs> Other than that, the powers are the same. I- <laughs> it's ah uh, you know it's um I don't know I don't know what to say anymore. That's all I'm trying to say. Outriders, I can't recommend it to people who are not fans of looter shooters. That's all I can say. Uh, we also finished Gears of War, which um, went pretty smoothly. Uh, I can't really complain a lot about it. It has aged a little bit, and it definitely was a bit rocky, uh, rough around the edges. Um, but it did pave the way for bigger and better games like Gears 2, 3. I'll even say 5. 5 is decent enough, I guess. Um, so I do appreciate what it did. Uh, I put it in the C for Cat tier because, you know, it, it's still it's not, like, amazing, but... It's a good game, you know, can't deny it. If you want a fun, quick game to go through with a friend, there you go. It doesn't have the enemy variety or weapon variety that a lot of the other games have, um, but it does have some really fun gameplay sections. has some really nice, um, like, the whole section where you're going through, like, the nighttime area with the with the swarms. It has some cool stuff like that. There's also a driving section in the game um, that is a little, it's a little rocky. Um and, uh, you know, the characters in the game, you know, it starts, you know, sets them up for, for later to, to have a little bit more to them. Um, but, yeah, all in all, you know, not bad. Not bad. I, I'm, I'm glad that we revisited that. Um, what? I mean, I don't think I really played anything else this past week, did I? I think that was about it. But, uh, yeah, there we go. We're going to be starting Sonic Generations this weekend. I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through that, but... We shall see. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news, the news of worth. So there was a state of play this past week, and I forgot to mention this episode is going to cover news between the 24th of April and the 30th of April. Um, And there was a state of play on the 29th of April. It was very short, a lot shorter than what they usually do. It showed off only three games. 
one of them only had a few seconds of actual showing off of. But the first thing they started off with was Subnautica Below Zero. Uh, graphically, looks really impressive. Gameplay-wise, looks like they've added a bit more of um, like a story to it. Um, it has sort of the same, some of the same mechanics as the original Subnautica, but it looks like they gave you a lot more to do with like building up your area, giving you maybe pets or something like that, having actual characters be in the game to interact with, um, the underwater sea life and stuff like that is, is, is a lot different than the first game. And I believe there's also areas where you can like really walk on land a lot, um, essentially, and it's like above on ice. So there's like these penguin creatures and stuff like that. Um, there's like this hover thing, hover bike that you can get or whatever it's called. There's like a cave with like a kaiju in it that you can that you that you kind of saw for a second there. Um, but yeah, and then they also detailed that the sub you know the original Subnautica game is going to be getting a a major overhaul as well, both graphically and you know stylistic wise. Um, and that's going to be a free upgrade to the PS5 version if you have the PS4 version. Um, so there you go. Not too bad of a deal there. Um, I still have not played Subnautica yet. It is on my list. It's, I have it downloaded onto my console. And, um, they also revealed that, uh, Subnautica, what's it called? Below Zero is releasing on the, um, the 14th of May. Yes. The 14th of May. There you go. The next game they kind of briefly, very briefly showed off was that, uh, Among Us, Among Us is coming to the PlayStation. That's right. And they also showed that there is going to be a ratchet um, headpiece, a ratchet, uh, uh, what we call it, clothing, I guess you would say, and a clank pet. So ratchet and clank is going to be in Among Us on the PlayStation version. Um, it's just an announcement right now, so they don't have, there's no release date yet. Um, but they said that uh, you'll be able to play with 10 players, and uh, it should work almost exactly like it works on the Switch. The only thing, like, the Inner Sloth obviously can change their main mind about anything they want, right? But originally they were like, oh, there's no way we can port this over to a PlayStation or to even a Switch because, you know, people can't, you, you, it's harder to use microphones on the Switch. Or, you know, people can't talk as, as much as they do on the computer version of the game, right? Um, and I guess they've kind of been, they've proven that wrong um, because, um, you know, the, the Switch version of the game is, is, is coming along pretty well. They just did an update that, will, that adds... Um, that adds a good amount of like quick like call outs type things so you can say like green in vent or whatever and you can do that real quickly if you want to or you can you know there's you know it's kind of like call of duty call outs <laughs> but yeah you know it was it was kind of meant to be honestly like we all knew that this was going to come eventually it just it was a matter of time and, of course, the the meat and bones of the state of play was, of course, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, they showed off 16 minutes of gameplay uh, and some cutscenes in there as well. The game looks stunning. Uh, lots of cool stuff shown off, like the environments. They showed off how the rifts are going to work. They kind of showed a little bit of a boss fight where you kind of change location depending on where the rift wants to take you. They showed off some of the power-ups that you can get, some of the weapons you can get. Um, just a whole lot of good stuff in there. Um, I, this is definitely going to be a, a must-buy on the PlayStation, not going to lie. Um, I know it hasn't come out yet, and you shouldn't judge a game before it comes out, but just judging from how good the 2016 game was, it was like a remake 
of the uh, original game. And just seeing this gameplay, just it looks so it looks so nice, dude. And the weapons look cool. I I'm really excited for this. Uh, it's coming June 11th still. They didn't they didn't uh, delay it or anything like that. Um, like I said, it just it looks really cool. They kind of told a little bit of the story that's gonna, that's happening. So essentially, Nefarious Doctor Nefarious um, takes you to a dimension where he always wins. Um, and then you meet a, another Lombax in that, where Clank meets the another Lombax in that world. That's uh, probably like this Resistance or whatever. Um, and you're you're trying to find Clank and help them out. So I, I'm excited. You know, I'm you know it's 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 just a really cool looking experience. I mean, it's not like when you do use the Rift things that you're just kind of going from one place to the other. Like it literally just changes the entire vibe of the of the scene. It's it's really cool. So if you want to check that out, obviously it's on their YouTube channel, our, our PlayStation's YouTube channel. Um, so you can check out the full 16 minutes there. They didn't. It's weird that they didn't announce this during the state of play, but whatever. The PlayStation Plus games for May are officially or have been officially announced. On the PS5, you're going to be getting Wreckfest, which is like a demolition derby car smashing simulator, which originally came out on the PS4 in 2019. Then on the PlayStation 4, you can get a free copy of Battlefield 5, and then you can also get a title called Stranded Deep, which is kind of like Castaway. Is that is that is that Castaway? I don't remember. There's a few of those types of games out there. Uh, people are saying that this is a this is a L <laughs> this is an L for the PlayStation uh, Plus program. I don't know. I think Wreckfest was a pretty cool game. I, I'm interested to see how playing it with like a better graphics is going to look on the PS5. Battlefield 5, obviously that has been around for a while, and luckily and the nice thing is all the updates for the game were free, so it's like you can play the you know you can play the Pacific Front and all that crap already. Uh, from the get-go, it is a pretty sizable game, and it's, a, you know, it's it's still a fun game, plus there's, like, a bit of a single-player campaign in there, which, you know, the, the quality of Battlefield campaigns went down pretty, pretty fast after 3 came out, <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's worth a pickup, and if you like, you know, these big battle-ish games, I mean, this one's the biggest and battlest of them all, um, it has a lot of that World War II stuff that you love, right? Um, and of course, this is probably just to gain some hype for the next entry in the series that's going to be announced this year. Um, like I said, it's not bad, but, uh, it's not like a huge deal. And then Stranded Deep is a game that I never really played. I played that raft game, which is kind of the same concept. Um, but in Stranded Deep, you, um, you have a raft and you are on an, an island for a lot of it, or you, you can find islands. I don't know if there's really a end goal for the game because... It, like you can get on the raft and start sailing, but you never like find civilization or the game doesn't seem to really end. Um, and of course it does start with a, uh, with a plane crash. So kind of like lost and or castaway. There you go. But yeah, if you're interested in any of those games, you can get them on, uh, the 4th of May, which is May the 4th. Ooh, look at that. May the 4th be with you. Strangely enough, Steam has already started their May the 4th preparations by already giving you the May the 4th deals this early. So if you want to check those out, go over to Steam. All right, so Neil Druckmann has said that they've already started writing snippets, you know, bits and pieces for uh, maybe possibly a Last of Us Part 3. He says they kind of have a basic story outline um, and uh, on their podcast called Script Apart Podcast... 
Um, he said that with his co-writer Haley Gross, they've completed work on a story to outline a sequel to Black- The Last of Us Part Two. When asked the possibility of a follow-up to Ellie and Abby's journey, um, he said, I don't know how much I want to reveal. And I did write an outline for the story. And we're not making... Well, but we're... I hope that it will see the light of day one day. He kind of stumbled over his words a little bit. Um, he says that it's going to explore a little bit what happens after the game, but we'll see. So it sounds like um, they are prepping for another big Last of Us game. Um, he also taught, he also said, after we finish one of our big titles, we take a long time to explore different ideas, whether it's going to be Last of Us Part 3, whether it's, uh, something new, whether that's, there's an old franchise we want to come back to. I like to fully explore all of those, then look at like, okay, we have all these ideas in front of us as a studio. What do we want to commit to? Because it's a huge commitment, monetary, time, passion, talent. So you think all about that opportunity and how much it will cost. So yeah, we'll see if um they truly start working on a Last of Us Part Three, or if they maybe do a new IP altogether, or if they continue an old IP like Jack and Daxter. I don't think Jack and Daxter is gonna come back for them after they've done like Last of Us Part Two, but a fair can dream. But it is interesting news, um, and it kind of gives. I mean, it gives me hope that there's going to be a continuation of of the story because, as you all know, uh, you know, listeners of the podcast will know that uh, Last of Us Part Two was my game of the year from last year. I know it had a bit of controversies going around it, but I think all in all, I just I really enjoyed the experience and um, I thought it was a great continuation of the last game. And I understood their. Uh, you can just listen to my explanation, but I understood their choices here and there, and you know, I um. You know, I just, uh, I thought that it was, um, great. Fantastic, even. <laughs> All right, so there's a rumor floating around. Nothing substantial, okay? So don't, so take this with a grain of salt. But supposedly, because, because Ed Boone says, I probably shouldn't talk about it when asked if he was going to do anything with the Marvel Universe. Now people are believing that there's going to be a Mortal Kombat Marvel game, just like Injustice. <laughs> it's not uncommon that both DC and Marvel are, are are um, you know, they have games coming out from the same company. Just look at the Lego franchise. But this seems a little smelly, if you know what I mean. I would I would want to see a Marvel Mortal Kombat style game. Obviously, I would love to see it. Injustice is great. Um but I don't think there's any possibility that there's going to be a DC versus Marvel clash in the near future, and I definitely don't see them doing a Mortal Kombat versus Marvel Universe type game like with the DC because that flops so much. Oh boy. Um Hey, maybe that's Returnal. That's got to be Returnal. Thank you, Randy. Oh, boy. Thank you, Randy. Randy. Oh, my God. All right. Returnal is installing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where was I? Something about Marvel versus Com- Mortal Kombat or whatever. I think it would I, obviously it would be cool to finally get like a Marvel versus DC clash. I don't think that they'll ever do it, though. You know, with especially with Disney protecting their IPs even more hardcore now. Um, but I think it's something that people would want, obviously. I mean, it's something that I would like. 
And uh, if they ever do like a Mortal Kombat crossover with, you know, whoever, uh, they, they definitely have to put in the bloody gory shit because you know how that went down with versus DC. So, yeah, um, it'd be interesting, but I think that it's 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 not a valid rumor. And even if, Ed, you know, even if the Mortal Kombat team is working on a Marvel game, I don't think it would have anything to do with DC or Mortal Kombat. Alright, so um, Resident Evil Reverse, which people were expecting to be uh, bundled in with Resident Evil 8. It's not going to be bundled in with Resident Evil 8. Um, essentially, unlike with Resident Evil 3, uh, which had a um, res that resistance uh, thing add-on with it, like an entire game with it, even though even though Reverse is technically bundled in with the game, it, it will not launch until summer of 2021 for the franchise's 25th anniversary. So, <clears throat> Resident Evil Reverse is created to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. The service is scheduled to begin in the... Uh, excuse me, in the summer of 2021, which came from an article from Video, Video Game Chronicles when they were talking to Capcom. Um... There is supposed to be a pre-release test um, earlier this month, but some matchmaking issues caused it to be pushed back. So maybe that's why also the Resident Evil Reverse was pushed back as well. Now, I'm not super into this Reverse thing. Um, it's, uh, I mean, you guys probably saw the trailers for it. It's, it's a very strange comic booky, cel-shaded graphical style with all your favorite heroes from the Resident Evil universe and all the villains too and it just I don't think it's gonna be that cool but if it's bundled in with Resident Evil 8 I mean you know I'll probably play it just like Resistance I play it once and then say yeah it's not for me remember that hood game hood outlaws and legends um that game's coming soon actually i don't remember exactly when um let me see if it's at the end of this trailer here may 7th you get early access to hood outlaws three days early if you pre-order now okay well whatever so, um, they already have outlined a roadmap for the game. Um, so this game is being dubbed a co-op looter slasher type thing, kind of like, um, Greedfall or Godfall. Godfall, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, but they've also confirmed that, yes, there is going to be season passes. That's right. So on top of it all... You know, I, I didn't really want the game to begin with, and now that they're telling me that you have to pay an extra, like, $10, $20, yeah. So the regular price of the game is $30, and the, uh, the, the price of the game plus the year one pass will be $50. So, yes, it's a $20 motherfucking game pass for a game that hasn't even come out yet. Who knows if anyone's actually going to like this? I don't even know if I would even like this. Am I going to try it? Probably not at this point, unless it unless it's free. I'm just, mm, I'm just so sick of these games and their stupid passes, their battle passes and shit. It's like just focus on the game. Give us a good game experience. If I like the game, then yeah, I'll 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 go for content in it. Sure, whatever. But I mean, so far what we've seen of this game, I, it's just not impressed me. It has not impressed me, not even from the beginning. And this gameplay that they're showing now is very rough. 
It just doesn't look that good. There's going to be seasonal events as well, each one themed to different parts of the year. There's going to be community events and a new game mode eventually coming. But it's like, okay, I understand that, you know, the new model for these games is to, like, release a base game. It's got a story in it. It's got the base com content. And then after you finish, like, a story mode, pseudo story mode in the game, that's when the game opens up. But just like with how people say, you know, oh, yet you know, the 15th chapter in this game is when it starts to get good. You're 30 hours in. That's when it starts to get good. The, the same thing happens to these games. Oh, D D Destiny 1. Uh, everyone who loves Destiny 1 goes, Oh, well, once you get past the campaign, then the game gets good. Destiny 2. Oh, once you get past the campaign, and then you have to play, like, three of the DLCs, that's when it starts to get good. Oh, you know, this game guarantees same thing. Once you get past the campaign, you get the, you know, your characters maxed out, and you get all this good loot, that's when the game starts to get fun. It's like, I'm not going to invest 30, 40, 50, 60 hours into a game that gets fun after 30 hours. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And I think that games are starting. I don't. I don't. I don't like this sort of game development schedule. Release the game, patch it. You know, release these seasons, give new content in waves. And then also you're paying extra money for the extra content. So if you want, like, the, the skins and the new content, you have to shell out money for it. It's just, it's a, it's a one big scam. And the fact that they are announcing this so early, before the game is actually coming out, is just fucking greedy, dude. Oh, we're giving you the game for $30. I thought back when they originally announced it, that was a good deal. I'm like, I bet that's going to be that good seller. But now it's like, oh, but if you want all the content the game has to offer in the first fucking month, $50. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Actually unbelievable. Maybe the game will be good, Yemi. I don't know. Will it? You don't really know at this point. No one does. And also, they're going to be adding a new outlaw, too. They're going to be adding a new outlaw in the year one edition. In the year one edition. After the base game is selling the same time as the year one edition, they are adding a new outlaw during year one. Why don't you just wait to, to finish the game and then release a big... Well, you know what's going to happen is, you know, Hood Outlaws or whatever it's called, the year one edition will overtake the regular version and there'll, there'll be a year two edition, which will have all the content from year one for an extra fucking $20. Yeah, honestly, I'm telling you guys this right now. Don't get this game for full price. I'm telling you this right now with peace and love, with peace and love to the developers of this game... This is not how you sell a game. It's set to release on May 10th. You know... <sighs> don't buy this day one. Wait for a sale. Wait for reviews. Do not support this type of game. This type of game. That's all you gotta, that's all you gotta say. Don't, don't support this type of game strategy. Right? But no, they see that Fortnite and, you know, all these Battle Royales are, are, are doing the seasons and Call of Duty Warzone and the you know, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. They all got seasons in them. Then they're, they're charging money for them. A new, but this is the thing. Call of Duty is an established series. Fortnite was an, is an established series. Apex Legends, an established series. Hood Outlaws and Legends is not, is, is, it's a brand new IP. Just like Outriders, 
new, brand new IP. There's no season pass with that game. There's no, there's nothing like that in the, in the first, you know, few, at least in the first few months of the game being released. There's nothing like, there's no, there's no seasons or anything like that. It's just a game. It's a looter shooter. The content's all there for you. I, uh, I commend the game for that. But Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Even the name is tough to say. You're expecting people to jump on this when they don't even know what the fuck it is? That is crazy. That's insane. They they are mentally insane. Confirmed. I'm not a doctor, but they have extreme ass cancer. Speaking of Battle Royales, Apex Legends is adding a new arena mode to the game, and it will be permanent once May 4th comes around. They are adding in for uh, permanently. This is kind of like a Counter-Strike, you know, Go or a Rogue Company type game mode where, except it's 3v3, so you have, th- you know, two teams of three. You get, you, you, you start off with a basic pistol, and as you get kills, you earn currency, and with the currency, you can, uh, you know, buy better weapons, um, you can buy med kits and shields and all those different throwables. Um, and also you can act, you can buy your skills. There's three different skills for each character. Um, so it's 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 pretty much just like, you know, Counter-Strike or, you know, those game modes that they've added into like Call of Duty and stuff like that where you, you know, rogue companies and your Valorants and stuff like that. And it's not a bad game mode for sure. And obviously with this game mode, it's not like you're running around picking up things for your weapons. You can still mod your weapons by buying attachments for them and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's a little bit different from the base game where you're kind of running around doing stuff. And this one, you have the same flexibility and mobility of the regular game for Apex Legends, except you're, you know, you're buying your weapons and you're, you're configuring them before the round starts. And then once the round starts, it's all about skill base and stuff like that. Players can go down and be revived still. Um, but it's not, it's not like in the main game where they have to fly in, you just kind of revive them and keep going and of course it's i don't i don't i don't think it's like team deathmatch i think it's just like i think it's more like a like a search and destroy like a counter-strike um but yeah um i mean it looks interesting i mean they made custom um arenas for it and the nice thing about it oh guess what guys it's all coming in a free update All of this content is coming in a free update. Think of, you know, just just think about that. It's coming March 4th. I'm sorry, May 4th. It's beautiful, ain't it? <laughs> a game like Hood Outlaws can charge you $20 for extra content. Where a game like Apex Legends says, oh, we're adding an entirely new game mode that, like, has to, like, it's a big install and it's completely different from the main game. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just give it out for free. Makes you think. Oh, boy. So this is a weird one. Um, so you guys know Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, you know, it's about time. One of my favorite games from last year. Definitely a, definitely great. Apparently, Toys for Bob, who made the game, has been put on Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> the, the people who made Crash, Bandic- you know, Crash Bandicoot 4, the stylized, amazing experience have been tasked with doing things for Call of Duty Warzone. Activision, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's... I could not believe it when I saw this. <laughs> They've been enlisted to, to work on Call of Duty Warzone. 
obviously with the pandemic hitting and with the next Call of Duty being practically right around the corner at this point, I think they're starting to feel a bit of that um, a bit of ba- a bit of that time crunch. And there's already been rumors that the next Call of Duty game is kind of uh, you know it's kind of shaky at this moment. Um, it's not been running smoothly, and they already have their, their there's insiders so take this with a grain of salt have said that the next call of duty game activision is not expecting the game to launch smoothly they already have an entire uh you know like season one for the game planned out to improve for improvements and stuff like that to be made to the game this is scary not only is this game supposedly been in production um since the last sledgehammer game which was called the world war ii um, but this game was actually taken out of the ballot so that Cold War could put, be put in its place. And Cold War is like half of an experience, too. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, it's just a little bit concerning, obviously. But I guess we'll find out more as we go on. So it's been confirmed that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is in a PS5 version. There will be a free upgrade if you own a copy on the PS4. You'll be able to feel the Force this summer. Um, they haven't confirmed any of the enhancements or anything coming out for it. They just 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 know that the game is going to be um, that you'll be getting more information soon, which will probably take place during the May the Fourth event. All right, so there are Doom collectibles coming from um, Numskull. Coming from Numskull that look like the collectibles that you find in the game. That's right, there's four uh, demons and... Oh, I'm sorry, there's three demons and, of course, the Doom Slayer coming around. Um, they look really, really cute. Um, obviously, they are, they are pretty much stripped or you know taken straight from the game. There's a YouTube video uh, on their... Um, so on Numskull's YouTube channel, which is called Numskull Designs, there's a video that kind of shows how closely they are, you know, they are made to the actual figures that you find as collectibles inside the actual game. Um, so right now on the website you can get two for sixty. Uh, so there is the Imp collectible figurine, the Cacodema Demon. Uh, the Arachnortron, and of course the Doom Slayer. Uh, so if you want to check those out, you can pre-order them now. Also on the website, they got uh, some of the new um, ducks or tubs, they're called, like the rubber ducky versions of, of characters. Um, I, I don't know, but on uh, if you click the link in the YouTube video, if you click, click the link here, it takes you to a web uh, to this website, and it has like it has a bunch more figures. Like, there's a pinky figure, a, man- a mancubus, a hell knight, a soldier, a marauder. Like, all these things are here. And if you click on it, it doesn't let you, like, add them to your card or anything like that. So I'm wondering if these are coming in the future or if they're region locked. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to get the marauder one to go with the doom slayer. Um, but I ended up just getting the caco demon and the doom slayer two for two. Two for 60. Not like the best deal ever, but they were too cute to pass up. Alright, so Fall Guys has delayed the Switch version of the game. Um, they've delayed it from summer until... Um, well, let's just let's just read the announcement here. 
before we before I you know say anything. Uh, they came out on uh, in a blog post and said, with so many uh, new opportunities now in our hands, we've realized that our per- our previously announced summer 2020 Switch and Xbox release schedule is unfortunately just too soon for us to include all the tasty new features we're working on. While we want to launch on these platforms as quickly as possible, we believe the Switch and Xbox releases are really going to be worth waiting for, and we're super grateful for your patience. These delays give our team um, some time to add features like crossplay, so when we add new platforms, players will be able to stumble in harmony with their pals, regardless of their platform of choice. So, yeah, it's definitely not technically... I mean, I guess it is kind of bad news, but it's also kind of good news because... Hopefully, when the game releases, the crossplay feature will be fully functional. Um, hopefully, it's not going to be delayed until next year, but uh, I'm thinking it's going to be more towards like a winter or a fall release. Um, and with this new partnership with Epic Games, obviously, it's it's making it a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously, they're they're they have a lot more that they can do now. May probably have a lot more funds that they can they can use to uh, pump into the game. So hopefully once these uh, Xbox and Nintendo Switch versions come out, it'll be in perfect working order. Limited Run Games. This one's this one's for Callus. Limited, Limited Run Games has revealed uh, the Castlevania Anniversary Collection Physical Edition with a Collector's Edition available. Uh, well, it's available to pre-order. Uh, you can get the uh, Standard Edition for about $35, the Classic Edition for $60, and the Bloodlines Edition for, for, for $60 as well. And you can also get an Ultimate Edition for $174.99. There's a six-week pre-order period for all the versions, and it'll start on the 14th of May, and all, avail- all, all versions will be available for either the PlayStation or the Nintendo Switch. So, in the Collector's ed- or in the Limited Classic Edition... In this edition, you're going to get a retro-styled box with a metallic ink. You're going to get the Castlevania uh, Anniversary Edition. There will be a retro-styled dust sleeve. There will be an 18 by 24 reversible poster and an original soundtrack uh, included with that. In the Bloodlines Edition, you're going to get a deluxe clamshell case. You're going to get a, of course, the, you know, the game. You're going to get the original soundtrack and a reversal poster as well. So it's just, it's pretty much the Nintendo Switch version has a different style case to go along with it. And then the Ultimate Edition comes with a shadow box that lights up and plays music, which looks pretty cool. You'll get the deluxe clamshell case and the retro style box with metallic ink. You'll get the retro dust sleeve cover still. You'll get the original soundtrack. You'll get the posters. You'll get a history of Castlevania of Book of the Crescent Moon. You'll get a, a, a Castlevania enamel pin. You'll get a miniature replica box collection. So you'll get all the boxes little as, as little collectible versions, including Kid Dracula. You'll get a... Big and bad steelbook, and you'll also get some retro box art prints to put on your wall as well. That's actually, I mean, it looks like a pretty good deal to me. That shadow box looks pretty sweet, and um, it's cool that they're doing like these little miniatures for the game releases. So yeah, if you're interested in getting the um, this collector, the collect the, the ultimate edition, um, that's gonna set you back quite a penny. But if you just want the normal version of the game, or even the uh, classic or Bloodlines edition, um, it uh, looks like it's gonna be a pretty good deal indeed. Speaking of some classics, Ghosts and Goblins. Resurrection is coming to the PS4 on the 1st of June. That's right. I don't know if it is it is it already on Xbox? 
no, the, the Xbox and Steam releases are also coming June 1st. So, uh, I forgot that it was kind of like a play, uh, Switch exclusive for like a month. So, yeah, the Xbox and the PlayStation and the Steam versions will be available on June 1st. You can pre-order them now if you would like. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say about that. Obviously, this version of the game has a few different difficulty tiers, a lot more uh, checkpoints, and... Um, it uh, has a different graphical style, which I think is pretty ugly. All right, so FIFA 21 is going to be added to the EA Play service next week. Um, you'll be able to play FIFA 21 practically for free uh, with a Game Pass or with the EA Play feature. Um, you can get it on PS5, you can get it on a computer, you can get it on whatever. Um, who cares? And finally for today on PlayStation's YouTube channel, they released another look into the world of Hot Wheels Unleashed. Uh, they showed off the Skyscraper level, or, or racetrack, which is pretty pretty cool. And they also showed off a lot more of the cars that are going to be in the game. Obviously some classics are in there, with, mixed in with some new ones. The graphical, I mean the graphics look amazing. I love the design of the game. Um, it loops around like this, this Skyscraper that's under construction. You actually go off track and go on some of the... Uh, the on the um the concrete and stuff like that the rhubars um they showed off like drifting creates boost and you know boost helps you get faster obviously <laughs> yummy what are, you, what are you stupid um but yeah i mean it looks it looks really fun i'm really excited for this game um and uh, i'll be of course checking in on it every day i mean i'll check it every day <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, so what they've shown so far looks really cool, and the skyscraper level um, is definitely a lot different from the track that they showed up before, because the track that they showed up before was kind of like more of like a basic kind of track, whereas this one actually has like, you know, has loops and shortcuts and, um, you know, obviously all this cool imagery around it with, uh, with the skyscraper being built. And that'll do it for this episode of Fair 64. I thank you so much for coming to this episode. I really appreciate it. If you want to follow me on Twitch, that's where I play most of my games now. Um, at at uh, twitch.tv slash yummythefarrot. We, we go live on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. If you're a member of the Discord, uh, we started a new Yummy Bingo. Um, so if you want to check out that, make sure you join the Discord and you can join in on that. Lots of prizes to be given away for that one. Um, and then also you can check me out on any other social media like TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, um, Instagram, all at Yummy the Ferret. All right, thank you so much for listening, guys and girls. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great day. Have a good week. And I'll see you guys next week for the next episode of Ferret64. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.